Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You are just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. Now, this program is going to be a little bit of a different one because we've got one segment of news followed by a pre-recorded interview that I think you're going to be finding very enlightening about the topic of health. And I'm going to be very soon getting on an airplane with the family. We're flying to California to do a couple of speaking appointments and then right back. So while I'm AWOL from the news programs, you'll continue to hear 11th Hour Dispatch with a new series that has not been aired yet, a seminar that I did called Schooled. So you'll learn about the deliberate agenda to destroy individuality, to reduce intelligence, to re-engineer society, where the worldly schooling push is on, and it's a full frontal assault upon the minds of children. So that's going to be subsequent days. Right now, we've got some news to cover in the very few minutes that we have together, though, and something that has been burning on my heart to share with you. I could not believe what I was hearing. I followed up on this. I made some phone calls, have not heard back, but um, a report from a church member at a church that I was at last weekend in Missouri said, shared the following story. I said, I need the contact information of this daycare so that I can follow up, get a comment from them, do journalistic due diligence, and I have followed up and haven't heard back. So I'm going to report the story as it was shared with me. A grandmother uh, goes to the daycare to pick up her grandchild, her grandson, from the daycare. And she walks in, and there are other children, of course, doing various things. And she notices two children, two boys, who are dressed in dresses with white frillies all over them and pocketbooks, like deliberately very, very feminine-looking, dressed up like very feminine women. And she looks at those boys who are three years old and she says to each one, you are a boy. And each one responds in turn, no, I am a girl. Now, there's such a thing as innocent dress up, although I would never do that with my children. But, you know, that can happen. A little kid puts on a girl's hat or girl's shoes or whatever and you move on with life. But She lifted up her grandson and said, what are you, a boy or a girl? And the boy answered correctly, I am a boy. Then the grandmother says, well, I need to take issue with this daycare here. She goes and talks to the personnel. And this is a direct quote. I asked her multiple times to give me word for word what was said so that we can be warned. The daycare personnel of this daycare in Missouri said to her, and I quote, oh, yes, we've got them dressed like girls to acquaint them with the transgender experience. So you thought that the uh, onslaught upon the minds and innocent of children was getting young in the public schools, third grade, second grade, even kindergartners being indoctrinated with sexual deviant worldviews. 
Now it is even in the daycares at age three. Shocked and appalled as I was, I was ready to place a phone call and be cordial and just neutrally ask a question. Tell us about your program to orient the children, to acquaint the children with the trans-LBGT, you know, uh, empathy and all of this. And yeah, we do want to teach our children empathy, but not through warping their minds about these sorts of things. That's enough on that one. Some of the news headlines for today. Saudi Arabia sentences man to 10 years in jail for tweeting that he was an atheist. Yes, that's the kind of freedom that takes place in Middle Eastern countries, especially in many countries around the world. Very sad thing that you can't have the freedom to express your your conscience and your beliefs. 10 years in jail for tweeting that he was an atheist. Canadian economy shrinks Biggest drop in seven years. So everything you've been hearing for the past year about the global economic slowdown, it is actually really happening before our very eyes. Paul Joseph Watson of InfoWars reports, asked if a note from Hillary's personal physician saying she was in good health and had recovered from her 2012 concussion was good enough. Physician Barack Obama physician Dr. Shiner disagreed. He said, quote, she's also 68 years old. While I think that medical letter was written well, it's not enough. So President Obama's former physician, who was his physician up until 2008, has come out and said that Hillary Clinton's health is a concern. Shiner highlighted the fact that Hillary has taken Coumadin, a medication of, uh, to prevent blood clots remarking, you have to monitor that. I'd like to know how well she is being controlled, and that's that's a difficult drug to use. So this is the same thing that Dr. Drew of CNN said before he was relieved of his position. And this physician also saying the same thing. Also, I think she should have a neurological examination, a thorough neurological examination in 2016. We know what happens to football players who have had concussions, how they begin to lose some of their cognitive ability. I think both of them should release their records. He's speaking of Trump and Clinton. Dr. Shiner said he was voting for Clinton. So what you're hearing is a lot of nonpartisan people from all across the political spectrum, doctors who are interested in science and medicine and health, saying the same thing. Dr. Shiner joins a growing list of doctors and medical experts who have all questioned Hillary Clinton's health, including Rutgers University Professor of Medicine Bob Lahita and board-certified medicine specialist Dr. Drew Pinsky. However, the media has almost completely ignored these prominent voices, instead continuing to, in- continuing to insist that anyone who talks about the issue is a conspiracy theorist. And that's, of course, a a phrase, a libelous term that's used to shut down thinking, end arguments and discussions and and pursuits of truth. Yes, there are a lot of ridiculous notions out there masquerading as truth-seeking when really they are nonsensical conspiracy theories. But in this case, you want to sit up and, and, and take notice and question. When you hear the mainstream media say, that's a conspiracy theory, don't question it or pursue that line of thinking. They said the same thing about about Ben Carson's religious beliefs. I mean, we're coming to the point where if you believe in Bible prophecy, that that's going to be uh, slandered as merely a conspiracy theory. Speaking of Bible prophecy, we continue to see the signs of the times intensify 
whether it's the collapse of the family and all these children in daycare learning to be transgender, whether it's the natural disasters or, or the wars, of rumor, wars and rumors of wars, Russia Today reports Japan wants British weaponry for South China Sea standoff. So East Asia continues to heat up. Also, the UK Independent reports Russia is teetering on the brink of all-out war with Ukraine. Ukraine is holding a major military parade in Kiev today to mark its 25th anniversary as an independent state. But at a time that should otherwise be a a moment of national celebration, a serious crisis with Moscow is flaring up. So serious, in fact, that on Tuesday, the Russian President Vladimir Putin, German Chancellor Angela Angela Merkel, as it's pronounced, and French President Francois Hollande. Let me get these German and French pronunciations right. Anyway, these three, Putin, the President of France, the Chancellor of Germany, had a three-way phone call to try to de-escalate the situation between Ukraine and Moscow, between the East and the West. With the increasing possibility of what Hollande has called total war, Alarm is growing in the international community. And yes, you heard that right. The president of France said total war, all-out war, is a very real danger and possibility. There is growing alarm in the international community over what's happening between Russia and the West, particularly in Ukraine, which it appears could be a major catalyst. Ukrainian president Petro Poroshenko has even warned that there is a growing risk of, quote, a full-scale Russian invasion along all fronts. Those were his words. He said, we're looking for a full-scale Russian invasion here, ratcheting up what is already the bloodiest European conflict since the wars over the former Yugoslavia in the 1990s. So we're witnessing right now the bloodiest conflicts in Europe since the wars over the former Yugoslavia in the 1990s. That's serious. I mean, we're looking at not just run-of-the-mill events taking place before our very eyes, but the last year especially has witnessed a increasing acceleration of all apocalyptic events. And of course, it was they're doing exercises right now, the, the, the Russian exercises along the border, m- mobilizing troops more than they ever have since, since the Cold War. I mean, this is the greatest mobilization of Russian troops since the Cold War. And they say, well, this is just an exercise. And they do have exercises. They're getting bigger. And of course, it was exercises that preceded the 2014 annexation of Crimea. So oftentimes they will position themselves under the guise of an exercise. The war over Georgia in 2008 was also precipitated by military exercises, so-called. So we're looking at some pretty serious stuff over there on the Eastern European front. But as we transition into the second segment with the health interview with Vicki Griffin, I found this article to be very important for, for those of us who value a good GI tract health. You're talking about your, your gut bacteria, the good, healthy bacteria that are necessary for the well-functioning body as a whole. I mean, the gut is hugely important. McDonald's destroys the gut bacteria of a college kid in 10 days, says the headline. It's common knowledge that fast food isn't exactly healthy. But just how unhealthy is it? According to Tim Spector, a professor of genetic epidemiology at King's College London, it is devastating. Fast food, McDonald's, is devastating to a human's gut bacteria. 
He writes in the, uh, in the journal The Conversation that eating that type of highly processed food can wreak total havoc on the healthy bacteria in a person's digestive system. Spectre wanted to find out just how bad McDonald's is for gut bacteria for his upcoming book, book The Diet Myth. And his gut bacteria were devastated. Spectre had his son, a student at the University of Abertswith, eat only McDonald's for 10 days straight. Tom was allowed to eat Big Macs, chicken nuggets, fries, and Coca-Cola. Throughout the experiment, Tom sent his stool samples out to be analyzed by different labs. Tom notes that he felt fine for the first three days, but he started to slowly go downhill. He became lethargic, and after a week, his friends said he had taken on a strangely gray color. As the lab results... As for the lab results, they were shocking. Spencer writes that Tom's gut bacteria were, quote, devastated. Over the 10 days, Tom lost nearly 1,400 types of bacteria species. By the way, we're talking about good bacteria that live in the gut that are necessary for a functioning body. 40% of his gut bacteria species were annihilated. Even after two weeks of returning to a normal diet, the microbes in his gut did not recover. Specter notes that the loss of gut bacteria diversity is a universal signal of ill health. It's a guarantee you're not healthy if you don't have good, good gut bacteria. He adds that humans rely on bacteria to produce much of our essential nutrients and vitamins. So what's the lesson? Let's eat some whole foods, plant-based food. Avoid McDonald's. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. In research that I personally conducted, it was revealed that for every one hour that the average conservative Christian high school student spends in Bible study, prayer, and devotions, they actually spend, brace yourself for this, 25 hours on video games, movies, and television. If you didn't catch that, that's a 25 to 1 ratio of entertainment to spiritual pursuits. And most students spend no time at all on spiritual things. And we wonder why our youth are struggling? It's saturating our lives. Hollywood, popular music, video gaming, spectator sports, multitasking, and distraction. So what does the latest science say about the mind-altering effects of 21st century media? And what is the spiritual agenda in the entertainment industry? Visit 11th HourDispatch.com. Use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate for the DVD set called Media on the Brain. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that And we are back with a special guest in studio, Vicki Griffin of LifestyleMatters.com, sharing some health principles with us. And boy, I am excited about the positive message, because when you report on the news, which we do on this broadcast, 11thHourDispatch.com, by the way, is the website, 
when we look at what's going on in our world, it's like people are just becoming more and more obese. They're becoming more and more addicted, literally addicted to the high sugar, high refined, high fatty, trans fatty acid, you know, high fructose corn syrup. You just go down the whole list of all of these, you know, scary things that are going on and you go, man, we're just flat out addicted. How can we overcome? How can we do something better? It's like we've got the principles. It's not rocket science, but why do we struggle so much? How can we overcome our bad health habits and move into these changing the diet, starting to exercise, making sure we're getting to bed on time, sleeping, resting, drinking water, you know, just things that, you know, human beings have been doing for thousands of years. And we know, we know, right? Uh, how, how do we get out of that cycle of addiction and move into a better, more whole way of living? Vicki, help, help our listeners out with that, please. One of the side effects of addiction is isolation. And we are, have never been more connected and never more isolated. Never have we needed relationships more than we need now. Not only with each other, but with God. Mencius, the Chinese sage, said, knowledge imparts information, but not the power to execute. And information can crush us because we know certain things that we need to do and ought to do and should do and would like to do. But when you're alone and when you're discouraged, it's hard to do those things. And the Bible talks about being without God and without hope in this world. And and God is called, one of his names is the God of hope. And he addresses this problem in Romans. He says, those things, Paul said, those things which I want to do, I, do, I don't do. Those things that I don't want to do, I do. Who will deliver me from the body of this death? Thank God that Jesus Christ came to break the cycle of sin and addiction in our lives. And there are some principles as we wrap up these segments that we have been sharing uh, that are very, very important. And, and Scott, one of them is relationships. As you and I were talking during the break, um, gifts are given, but fruit is grown. And the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. When a person is born again, the Bible says that we receive these fruits, that we receive the fullness of Christ. But we receive it in the form of seed. And seed has to be cultivated and grown. So the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control, long-suffering, temperance, goodness, gentleness, all the things that give strength and hope in life and give us a reason for living and a purpose and a direction, all of those things are given to us in the form of seed. And that seed is grown in relationships, relationship with God and relationship with each other. You know, I, I've, I've seen in the recent research, we were reporting on this, on this very news broadcast, people who go to church, people who are in social groups, at least two social groups. I mean, their health and longevity, their, their depression rates, their disease rates, everything changes. And so not only do relationships help you overcome those bad habits as you were just sharing and, and feed into our lives as we connect with each other and connect with God. But there's all of these uh, secondary and tertiary benefits where it really starts to change our lives, doesn't it? The heart health consequences of social isolation are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Let's go back to creation week. 
God said, let us make man in our image. At our core, he has designed us for relationships. And relationships are hard. Uh, often we don't have the tools. And so learning how to minister to the needs of others makes our world bigger. Uh, God set boundaries in relationships. He says, this I like, this I don't, this you can do, this you can't. So having relationships does not is not a permission slip for abuse or for receiving abuse. But healthy, positive relationships are what we are designed by God for. And interacting with others, learning from others, these positive contacts. And how do we learn these principles? By spending time in the, the most important relationship of all. And that's a relationship with God. You know, one thing that I've thought about in the context of relationships is many times people are in relationships because they want to receive and get. And then you have two people in a relationship, one with the other, perhaps both of which are trying to receive and to get. And what, what is the Christian mindset of being in relationship with our fellow human beings, what what is you know? Do we have a purpose? You know, when we talk about spiritual health and other things, living life with that purpose of of serving others, mm-hmm. of of that beneficence, that that altruism. I kind of answered my own question there, but can you speak to those issues? Well, yes, to the best of my knowledge, I I have prayed. Uh, I prayed for a very in a very difficult work situation. I remember praying to God and saying, Lord. If you would just get this person out of my life, I could get on with my Christian growth. But Christian growth uh, is based on realistic expectations. People are flawed. I'm flawed. And and we can learn from one another. We, we can learn how to grow in Christ's love. The Bible says bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It means carry one another's troublesome faults. And so without making ourselves responsible for other people's decisions, we can still minister to people. We can learn from them. We can minister to them. We are soul winners in this world. But where do we get the strength for this? Where do we get the wisdom? It's our time with God. And spiritual health uh, is at the center of a healthy lifestyle. And and let's remember that God, he, he foresaw, when he made Adam and Eve, he said it's not good that man should be alone. And he created that wonderful union. But he also saw that relationships would be broken. He saw that there would be loneliness, that there would be death, that there would be problems, that there would be a need for separating at times. And so the Bible says he sets the solitary in families. He makes himself families like a flock. And so he has a healing remedy for every human being. And and he has created church. He has created the community of believers so that we can minister to one another's deepest needs. And, And I'm thankful for that community that he has created and for the opportunity that that we all are called to add value to our lives. When we add value to our own lives, when we learn and when we when we expand intellectual and rational pursuits, you know, it's logos, the word rational. We are called to think not to empty ourselves, but to fill ourselves. When God called the children of Israel out of bondage, he gave them the Ten Commandments. That means he, they are no longer slaves. Now they can read, they can write. He gave them paddles to take care of their own hygiene. They aren't carrying the business of other people. They now have value. And so 
all the basis of society and technology and the relief of suffering and helping one another and moving and, and growing comes from a creative God who made us in his image. And I'm thankful for that. He calls us to move forward, to improve, to add value to our lives so that we can add value to the lives of others. And, you know, whenever we're in that situation, folks, where we feel like there's no one else to turn to, you always, always, always have Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible refers to that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is that friend. And you might say, well, I'm a sinner. I'm so unworthy of him. You know, so much of our uh, the degradation of our minds and our health and our emotional outlook just comes from that sense of feeling unworthy. Maybe we were slammed down during childhood. Maybe we were not affirmed. Maybe we have these these just, just systemic issues within our hearts. And you say, I'm a sinner. He could never be my friend. But remember, folks, he was called the friend of sinners. That means you, that means me, and you might go, well, come on, you know, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how horrible I am and what kind of dark thoughts, you know, plague my mind. Chief of sinners though I be, Jesus shed his blood for me. Don't forget, my friend, that you, even if all your relationships are broken to bits, that relationship with Jesus Christ he is working to put that back together to invite you into intimate friendship with him because he accepts you right as you are right now. You don't have to put yourself back together to earn the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, it wouldn't be grace, right? He wants to pour out his infinite grace into your life to rebuild you and make you in his image, to give you that affirmation, to say to you, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. And let's remember, successful people are not mistake-free. They just refuse to give up. I always think of the wonderful miracle that comes in a brown wrapper, and it's called perseverance. God gives it. <laughs> well, isn't that something, you know? I don't usually ask for trials, right? I don't usually pray for that. You know, Lord, please give me patience. You know, if you pray for that, please give me perseverance. He will give you those challenges, and he's always right there with you. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Never forget that. Now, we've been talking about health principles, and I'm looking at the clock. And you know the most important health principle of all is trusting in Jesus Christ, spiritual health, focusing on him. And so for all the physiolog physiological health principles that we've not gotten into, I want to plug a DVD for you. My good friend Chad Cruiser produced the DVD, Ancient Health. Do not miss that documentary. Ancient Health. You can get that at 11thHourDispatch.com. Fantastic documentary about the health principles that God has given to us. So, Vicki, what do you think? I think the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I am looking at how he values you and me and not what the devil says anymore. You know, when it comes to this thing of addiction... I, I, I know that the brain, you, you, you were telling me during the break, is designed to create new pathways, to find pleasure in new things. There's, there's just dopamine receptors all over the place waiting to be – I'm putting words in your mouth. But you know, when we think of overcoming something, don't think of it as I'm not doing that. Think of it as I'm doing something new. Can you speak to that in the minute we have left? The brain is continually remodeling itself according to what it, it learns. And so God has created us for renewal 
recovery and restoration. I have known people, and my, I myself suffered from bulimia and was a runaway drugs for many, many, for many years. And I'm so thankful that uh, he has created us to move forward, to learn new things. And there's joy in learning the new and positive way of living that God has given. He gives us the power to do it. He gives us the desire to do it. And uh, here's what I like to say. God has promises. God has power. But he also has a plan. And all of those three things are available to me and to you so that we can have a new life. And if it's, if it, if it can do something for me, it can do something for anybody out there within the sound of my voice today. Behold, I will do a new thing, saith the Lord. Rivers will run in the desert. You will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you behold Jesus Christ today, receive his love. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. The famous Milner study of 1954 identified what they call the pleasure trap. They had a mouse or a rat and he was able to press a lever and the lever would stimulate into his brain, into the nucleus accumbens of his brain, pleasure centers, a feeling of pleasure. Tap the lever, feel good. Tap the lever, feel good. It was an easy fix. No pain, no discipline required. What happened in this study? What happened to these mice? Well, the results were this. These mice stopped eating and were on the brink of death. I think this is a perfect analogy about where we stand as a culture today. We have found a way to stimulate, to get that pleasure, easy, quick fix, and we've stopped eating the bread of life. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.